This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Heather Moog. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, welcome to another week on the Behold podcast. This is week 31. So again, if you have been listening from the beginning, you are awesome. You rock. Way to go. Give yourself a pat on the back right now, wherever you're at, in the car, the kitchen, whatever you're doing. Working out at the gym, just grinding. As we all must be doing in COVID times. Uh, Okay, so this is Sean and Dan as always. And this week we also have the one and only drum roll, Heather Moog. Say hi, Heather. Hello, hello. Hey, Heather. It's great to have you. How you been? Um, yeah, I'm doing well. My parents came to visit from Washington last weekend, and that was really fun. It was funny. They landed, and it was like 90 degrees on Friday, and they were coming from like the 50, 60 degree weather of Washington. Nice. So Ooh. they felt like they were time traveling back to summer. So yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it's like welcome to California. This right? is this is fall for us. <laughs> do you, how do how do uh, your in laws get along with Josh? Or or maybe better stated, how did Josh oh, get along with that? <laughs> it's good. It's so good. <laughs> we we're blessed in that way. They have a great relationship. Um, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, we went out to dinner. We walked around downtown. Hit up the farmers market. All the things. That's really fun. I was going to say, as you're, as you're giving your answer, blink once if you're being honest I know, right? and blink twice if it. <laughs> I'll tell you guys the real story later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was great. That was I love good. it. I love it. Oh, man. So uh, I think this would be kind of a funny story. So we, a lot of you guys know that we've been kind of in this groove with Sunday mornings, like pre-recording the music and the message and all the various elements and then editing it together. And so when, when you tune in uh, at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, it's like this thing that we've been working on all week and we're presenting it to you. And it's been such a cool season. And, and last, uh, yesterday, uh, last, uh, yesterday afternoon, um, we were, we were sitting down to record the, the music and we were just kind of, we paused and we're like, Oh my goodness, like this is the last time we're going to do this uh, possibly because we're going to move to, you know, in November, we're going to start live streaming uh, the Sunday morning services. And so we just, we paused and we reflected on all the goodness of God and all the ways he's, he's sustained us and taken care of us, you know, throughout this weird season. And we just had this wonderful time of prayer. And then we started, we, we started the, with the music and it was probably the worst, <laughs> hardest, like most difficult time we've ever had recording it was hell on earth yeah it was like it was literally like everything that went wrong could have gone gone wrong like cameras turned off uh you know people missed cues uh we had all kinds of technical difficulties we forgot to press record on one of the recorders i mean we were there like probably twice as long as what we normally are there and it was just kind of funny like it was like I don't know. It was, it almost felt, I mean, today we're going to be talking about, about suffering and how we kind of, we kind of suffer together. And obviously it's a very small version of suffering, but it just, it was interesting. It kind of felt like, like a little bit of a grind and we have to, we, it's something we had to persevere through together. Um, but it was just kind of funny because we kept joking, like, man, this whole like VBC at home studio version is like not going down without a fight. (laughs) So, but we got through it and, uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to people this Sunday, um, when they, when you tune in. So yeah, you survived. Exactly. We, we survived and it was just, yeah, kind of a fitting example of like suffering and like getting through it. And of course, you know, we were praying through it and like worshiping together and we kept on yelling out like not today satan (laughs) it was just funny because you know even though it's like we we know that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood but like against cosmic powers i'm like no no no, this is tangible this recorder is not working satan not today (laughs) yeah we got we got through it it was it was good so if you're listening to this podcast and it cuts out in the middle of it you give me a firm not today satan and tune back in (laughs) serious keep worshiping together (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, I was there for that. So I shared in that experience and then uh, otherwise from that, my week's going good. 
Things are just kicking along. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, Patty and I are having a baby, which we're so excited about. And if you haven't seen uh, any of our posts or anything, it is going to be a little baby girl. Woohoo! We're so excited about. And so are, it's uh, going to be the hippest little girl. I don't know if you saw those shoes in that Instagram post. Dang, dude. Swaggy. Those shoes have been getting a lot of buzz from people. They keep asking about the shoes. I'm like, I don't know. They're just like from the outlets. I don't know. Swaggy little helch, little little baby H. Yeah, so coming soon to a household near you in April 2021. We'll also be, uh, you know, accepting submissions on name ideas. So, um, and we'll be choosing out of a hat randomly on the podcast live what you would like baby helch to be named. So please send those in to vbc.online slash behold. Yep, so far uh, I've gotten some good submissions. I just got a good one from uh, Christy Shannon, and it's a uh, it's an interesting spelling of coronavirus. So that <laughs> that's one option wow. if, if all else fails. Certainly would be memorable. Um, memorable, and then also just a quick shout out before we get into it uh, today, which is. Wednesday, October 21st, is the birthday of of two people that we love, both Charlie Ming and Connie Johnson. So if you know them, shoot them a text. Just tell them that happy birthday. You're thinking of them. You love them, all that good stuff. We'd love to make their days special. I think Connie turned like 33 today. So that's pretty exciting for her. That's a fact. (laughs) Okay, so uh, we are in our Together series. You know, we're talking all about week to week, the different ways that God has designed us to live in relationship with him, to live in relationship with each other and what that looks like as we grow together, as we build each other up, as we suffer together. Um, and this week, that's kind of our hot topic is is suffering and what that kind of looks like. So Dan, why don't you uh, get us started and we'll get into it. Yeah. So on Sunday, Jason Moog did a great job of taking us through uh, as an anchor passage on this topic of suffering together, 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3 to 11. And Man, there was so much to get through in that in that um, passage that uh, he he kind of just mentioned uh, a handful of things that he said. It was interesting. He's like, if we if we had more time, it, it, we would really need to dig down into these things because they're they're core issues or or theological truths, realities that are connected to the idea of suffering or the theme of suffering that. We really have to have a good understanding of to understand the 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 way that we uh, suffer and comfort each other in the context of of you know our Christian family, and so. But he just kind of mentioned them. I mean, he just kind of read them off, and I thought it would be good for us to start the conversation by maybe drilling down on a couple of them or a few of them things that, um, as you had been thinking about since Sunday that. Uh, as you've as you've gone deeper with them, maybe in in your in your connect groups or just in your own time alone with the Lord, uh, and maybe just to share some insight that uh, a little bit more of digging has shed on this issue of suffering and comforting each other. So um, I don't know, Heather, do you want to you want to start off like of those of those five things that Jason just kind of mentioned? Um, wh- what's one that really uh, stuck stuck with you? Yeah, the one that stood out to me is uh, B, that God is familiar with all suffering. And it resonated because it has um, personally been very comforting to me in times of um, just in hard seasons, the fact that, that God is well acquainted with grief. And I think, you know, I've heard that phrase a lot, but um, I, more recently, I feel like I've been able to to grasp how beautiful that is and how how that can be a source of comfort um, in the midst of something like when we're going through something to to fix our eyes on the reality that that Jesus was familiar with suffering and that he endured so much um, in his life and then of course on the cross um, that that he understands and um, I thought of a few things I thought of. Um, John 11, which I actually read this morning, um, and the story of Lazarus, you know, how he was raised from the dead. But there's this, this like little moment before where when Jesus arrives and he sees um, Mary and Martha, and I can't remember which one, but one of them said, if you were here, Lord, my brother would not have died. Mm. You know, just kind of like questioning him. 
And I think that's so relatable, like her heart posture when we're going through suffering. It's like, where were you, Lord? (laughs) Or why is this happening? Or what are you doing? You know, we have all of these questions that we wrestle through. And, um, but God said, it says that Jesus was um, deeply troubled and that he, you know, and then the the infamous verse that Jesus wept. (laughs) And Mm. again, a few verses later, it says that he was deeply troubled when he sees all the people mourning that Lazarus, you know, mourning that he's dead. And it's just a beautiful reminder to me that he's familiar with suffering and grief and he really enters in to our sorrow. So that's kind of like a side point, but, um, you know, he's not, he's not far off. He's, he's with us and he, um, he really weeps with us when we weep and he, Jesus knew, you know, as we all know that he was going to raise him from the dead and that they would rejoice and that people would come to faith because of that. But even before that, he, he saw value in entering into that sorrow and really grieving with them. So I thought that was just a beautiful picture, um, that he's familiar with it. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. That's so powerful. And it it makes me think of that passage in Hebrews four, where the author just tells us that, you know, Jesus is totally, uh, he's really the only one who is capable of being our high priest, our, our mediator, because, uh, he, he walked in our frame. Like he knows what it's like to be tempted in every way. He, he empathizes with our weakness and our temptation and our struggle. And so he, um, he invites us to come to his throne of grace to get what we need when we're in those times where we need help. And so, which is basically all the time (laughs) if we're, if we're honest, but yeah, that's so powerful. Thanks for sharing. Um, what about you, Sean? What, what's one that you drilled down on a little bit this week? Yeah. So I think the first one that jumped out to me was, um, just a, which is God's sovereignty or God is sovereign over all suffering. I think that really is so key to as like a foundation, what the rest of our suffering process looks like, you know, all these other things we're going to talk about. It's really hard to do those things. If you don't really trust that God is sovereign over, over everything, you know, if we're going to talk about his, his faithfulness and, and how he's going to be sufficient for us and he's the source of all our comfort and all those kinds of things. All that has to stem from us just trusting that he really is in control, you know, that he really knows what he's doing. And so for me, whenever I'm going through hard things, that's one of the first things I jump to is, God, you're, you're a sovereign God. God, you are fully in, in control of all things. And in Jason, in, in verse 3 of Second Corinthians 1, it's, it's worried, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a simple statement, but really I think the communi- what he's communicating is, blessed be the sovereign God. Blessed be the God who is God, the one and only God. And so yeah, just chewing on that and thinking about like, you know, as I'm suffering through things and, um, you know, like you shared, Heather, oftentimes our understanding of the situation doesn't line up with what's happening or our desires for it or whatever, um, I think that's where we get into trouble when we start, start forgetting that God is sovereign, that his ways are greater than ours. He's wiser than we could ever be. And so one thing I like to remind myself of during times of suffering is not just that God is God, you know, but just the the totality of his sovereignty, that it's not just, oh, God made the world. It's not just mm-hmm. God sent his son for us, but it's like every little fiber of every situation that ever has ever been and ever will be is completely within God's grasp. Um, you know, there's a quote that I like by uh, R.C. Sproul, who wrote that book, Chosen by God. And I like the way he says it. it's like good, good uh, visuals. He says, if there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, <laughs> that's totally free from God's sovereignty, then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. And I love thinking about that, that, that because we know that that's not the case, that every single atom and molecule and fiber in the entire universe is within God's grasp, then it would be absurd for me to question his promises. You know, it would be totally nuts for me to read scripture. And when he promises things about suffering, about what's going to happen to us, about how it's going to grow us, all these things, it's insanity for me to look at that and then say, you know what, God, I'm just not going to believe you on this one. You know, and totally emotionally, that's a different discussion and, and knowledgeably acknowledging that he is God and then emotionally feeling that way definitely isn't easy. You know, I, I totally get that. But I think that 
doing that process of chewing on God's sovereignty is such an important thing of renewing our minds and hearts. And then it's kind of like that, that, that effect follows the process. You know, if we really chew on God's sovereignty, our hearts will come to just rest in that and believe it. And I think it kind of bleeds into all these other things that we're going to start talking about. So dude, sovereignty. That, that, dude, that is so core to this issue. And, and just that, that it's that sentence, man, in verse three is so packed because right after, you know, the God, the sovereign God, and father. So this is another qualifier that it's like, and I think Sean maybe understanding God as a father and his heart towards us, his commitment towards us, that helps us with the, with the emotional peace. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just to know like, Oh, and, and we can all kind of imagine what, what a, a good, a loving, consistent, um, selfless father, you know, how he treats his kids. And, and that's how God's treating us even when we're suffering. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about, you know, Jason pointed us to Isaiah 40, which the the first three words in or four words in Isaiah 40 are the words of God. And he's saying comfort, comfort for my people. And it just speaks a lot about his heart. Um, And that kind of made me think about the other week we brought up uh, Zephaniah. We were talking about like God singing over us. But if you read that chapter, it's so powerful. Zephaniah 3, you know, it's, it's really, it starts off in this huge description of God's power and how he's going to judge the unrighteous and he's going to lay waste to the nations and all this stuff. Just clearly he's sovereign and he's powerful and all this stuff. But then again, in, in verse 14, it starts talking about Israel and about his heart for Israel and his heart for Israel's joy and restoration. And, and then again, in verse 17, I just love the way it's worded. The Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who can save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you by his love. And he's singing over you and, so yeah, I love that, Dan, just that that pairing of he is sovereign, but of course he is our loving father who wants to bring comfort to his people. Awesome. You guys, you guys want to hear the one I've been kind of chewing on? Heather, you want to hear it? Yeah. Please. Are you sure? Tell us. I'm, I'm 100% positive. Okay. <laughs> no, so I was just really encouraged by D. And, and by the way, we should probably say all of these things, A, B, C, and D, are in the notes. If you forgot what they are or you weren't looking at them on Sunday, just go to vbc.online, click, uh, you know, watch online service, and, and they're there for you. Great, great resource just to, you know, continue to... Um, to behold Jesus as we, as we look at this issue of what it means to suffer and, and, and comfort each other. So anyway, so D says God is sufficient for all comfort. And Jason gave us verses three and four from that second Corinthians passage. And you see these words like, you know, the, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles, right? So that we can comfort um, anyone who's in any affliction. So it's like all, all and any. And, I just, the thing that I've been thinking about on that is just whenever we are in need of comfort, God, our father has all the comfort we need. It's, we don't need to go anywhere else. And Jason was challenging us, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes when we're going through a difficult time, we don't go to God who is our refuge and our stronghold. We don't go to him first. Or maybe there are some things in our life that we do lean on for comfort that are, uh, you know, destroying us. <laughs> they're, they're sinful. They're um, unhealthy. They are, they are taking us away from the, the, the source of actual, you know, complete, sustained comfort, which can only be found in God as our refuge and our Father. And so I've just been thinking about that and just kind of evaluating, man, like, am I have I trained my heart to run to, to Jesus, to run to the father, to, to, um, walk in the spirit when I'm, when I'm in need of that comfort. And yeah, maybe, maybe for, for y'all listening at home, listening at home, um, if you haven't taken the time to just evaluate what your kind of MO is, you know, when, when you're suffering, do you really believe that God has what you need to, to, to make you, uh, to not only sustain you through the trial, but to help you be a blessing to someone else as a result of that trial. Have you trained yourself to run to him as a refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble? And if you haven't, um, you know, this, this is something that we're supposed to learn together. So reach out to somebody in your small group or your connect group or talk to your mentor about it or your spouse. And, and um, that's just something that's just been, you know, so huge. I think on this issue. 
I love that. It's so it's so practical, like a good little check-in, like, okay, where am I running to? What am I seeking comfort and relief from? I love that. Thanks, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, um, you know, as you look at those four things and think through them and pray them, pray through them, I think it's important to ask yourself, like, do I really believe these these statements? You know, there's four different truths about God's character and so often when people aren't suffering well or they're really struggling, what it really comes down to is that they have kind of a deep-seated misunderstanding or distrust in part of God's character. And so as you look at this, just be honest with yourself and and pray for the Holy Spirit's conviction and, and revelation for these things. And just think to yourself, man, do I really believe these in, in my heart about God? And if not, then yeah, like Dan said, you know, ask for help. You know, get people who who know you and love you to to walk alongside you with this, because, you know, Dan, you and I had an interesting conversation recently about about singing music, about worship, and sometimes you hear this, it's like, oh, I don't feel this. Should I really sing this right now? You know, when it's statements about like our love of God and that kind of stuff, or the goodness of God. Um, but the reality is that when it comes to biblical truth and it comes to God's character, it doesn't matter how we feel about it it's still true about God. When we say that God is sovereign and he's compassionate and he's a loving father, even if we don't feel that way today, we can still say that with honesty and authenticity. It just might change the way you're doing that. You know, rather than an inauthentic or feeling inauthentic declaration, maybe you're going to say these things as a, as a prayer and a reminder to your own heart and your soul and say, man, heart, I know that we're not feeling this way, but God is sufficient for us, yada, yada, yada. So do that process. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit when it comes to preparing for suffering. But I think first, uh, let's talk a little bit about what Jason said our purposes for suffering is, which really, yeah, I love that one summary statement is that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And Dan, do you want to lead us out on this section? Yeah, it, it just, I love that idea that Jason said, like, we're conduits of comfort. I mean, it even sounds, it even sounds cool. It's like catchy. Um, I love Jason for that. He's always, he's always got those clever ways of framing stuff from, from, uh, from scripture to help us remember it and engage with it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I thought it would be really good for us, just the three of us to maybe share some stories from our own lives where we were going through something really difficult and people from the the body of Christ came around us and and comforted us in our suffering and even if we could take it one step further to say okay then then hindsight looking back i see god's purpose and his meaning in bringing me through this difficult thing uh and helping these people and i'm bringing these people that will help carry the burden because you know a year later two years later uh, two weeks later I was able to comfort somebody else in a similar place. So I would just love it if we just kind of went around and shared some story and stories and just kind of gave God glory and, and hopefully maybe inspired our, our beholders at home to think about their own stories. So who wants to go first? Darn, I lost nose goes. <laughs> nose goes. We got a nose goes going. Okay. I so, it. so I guess Heather, I'm you're up. up. All right. Better's up. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'll try and keep this um, somewhat succinct, but mine's actually pretty recent experience. Um, at the Towards the beginning of quarantine, I had a an old friend from high school that I was really close with. Um, she passed away in April, and man, it was one of the hardest things I've walked through in a while. And it was interesting because, well, maybe not interesting to you, but I didn't expect to be rocked in that way. And I think the reason was because um, it was sudden and the way that she died was super tragic. And so, yeah, it was, it was a season of, of grieving and kind of like I was talking about earlier, um, you know, asking God a lot of questions and definitely experiencing what so many other people have walked through. Um, A lot of other believers, you know, so many people that have lost loved ones. And um, yeah, and it can just be hard, especially my, this friend wasn't a believer. So I didn't have that comfort of like, okay, she's in heaven, you know, she's with the Lord. Um, so oh, that's hard. Yeah, it was, it was tricky, but I can so confidently say that the Lord provided people to be conduits of comfort in my life. 
And there were three people in particular, uh, three ladies that I'm close with who were just so there for me. And uh, as I was reflecting on this, it's interesting because they they were consistent, but they since, since COVID was going on, this was like the start of everything, you know, we weren't seeing each other in person, but they were still so intentional and just calling me and saying, hey, can I just pray for you really quick over the phone or sending me a text? Hey, I'm thinking of you. And even months later, still checking in with me and being like, hey, I know it's been a while, but how are you doing with this? And I'm so grateful for that because honestly, it was just, it lightened the load. And really, it just reminded me that the Lord was there and, you know, he was working, he was working through them. Um, and one thing that I thought of is, it, to be honest, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really tempting to isolate in that, in that season. It was, it would have been easy to just kind of, okay, I'm going through this alone. No one knows what this feels like. Um, and that's just such a huge way that the enemy works. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to share that because I know people are going through hard things now and, um, that's, I think that's just a number way, one way the enemy can work. I mean, we talked about that like two weeks ago in the message. Um, we can't grow in isolation and we also can't be comforted in isolation, you know? So I think I've just really realized that we do have to be vulnerable with one another. You know, don't put your, you don't have to put your stuff out there for everyone <laughs> to know that you're struggling, but have those people in your life that you can trust and be vulnerable with, whether it's your small group or close friends. And there's so much power in that. And that's really how, how the Lord works to comfort us um, and to encourage us in, in those times. Wow. That that's incredible. And thank you for, for sharing something, you know, being vulnerable enough to share something that's like really recent. And I just love what Jason was saying just about like, whether we're suffering or we're being comforted by God, not, neither of those things are just for us. You know, and, and you were saying like the enemy works in isolation. Like he want he wants to get us away from the body so, so that we're, cause we're, mo- we're more uh, exposed, uh, you know, we're, we're more susceptible to his tactics over there. And then on the other side, you see God's design. I mean, when this passage is so good because there's, there's this, this phrase, the, so that, right. So God is comforting us so that we can do these things. We can we, we, we can have this mutually beneficial exchange. Like I'm sure these people that reached out to you and checked on you and helped you carry this burden. Don't you think they were built up as well? Yeah. I mean, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then like, you know, just this, this idea of like carrying each other's burdens and hurts like that, um, in doing so we're, we're, we're like, we're, we're going after the things that Jesus is, is, it's close to Jesus's heart. Like we fulfill the law of Christ when we do this. And, and we, there's so much fruit that that grows like from from pain and comfort and and that being like a communal experience. So thank you so much for sharing, yeah. Heather. Well, and to uh, just be quick, but to answer like the second part of your question, like what to see like the good that comes out of it. And, you know, I, I love Jason's saying that God is always extracting good out of these hard times. And, you know, the few months from that, um, from that loss, it's still messy. If I think about it, I don't have you know, all my answers um, or my questions answered from the Lord. But one thing that he did do is give me like such a greater empathy for people who are walking through grief or who have lost someone. And, you know, I just think of someone who lost their spouse or their child and that how much harder that would be. Um, And there have been particular situations or people that he has brought into my life just to pray for. Um, you know, since then. And it's it's been really neat to be like, okay, I, I understand this in a greater way. And hopefully I can be that, you know, that conduit of God's grace and comfort and um, just now being able to like re- relate to people who are suffering in that way in a greater way. So that's one thing that he, you know, he was doing in that for sure. That's awesome. Thanks for sh- sharing, Heather. Um, Sean, you want to go next? You want to Want to keep the, the vulnerability train rolling? Yeah. I mean, and I just want to say too, like, I know we're making a big deal about it, but as much as we can, we would just want to emphasize like this is, this should be normal life for us to like share these kinds of things with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's kind of sad that it feels so like momentous when we do share hard <laughs> things because we're so used to keeping vulnerable things on the inside, but 
Yeah, anyway, so the, I hope this becomes really normal on the podcast, that we're vulnerable and open um, in the same way that Jesus is with us. Anyways, I'll have to say, yeah, when I think about like suffering and hard things that have happened in my life, um, you know, God's been really kind to me in recent history, and I've been able to go through things with tons of grace and tons of help and support. Um, but one thing that always sticks out is just, and it's really kind of core to my testimony, is just my 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 time growing up, um, my, my time at home with my family. And, you know, those of you who don't know my story, I had a really rough just home life growing up. And yeah, it just uh, got, went through a lot of things that kids just shouldn't go through. You know, that's what it comes down to. And it really kind of just skewed my perspective of family and of, you know, roles and of God. And so when I was introduced to Valley Bible Church, that's such a huge part of how God pulled me in was just seeing tangibly like people surround me with support and love and treat me like family. And for a season, people very like specifically fulfilled that role of like family for me, that role of like comforter and confidant who I could turn to with some of these really hard things. Um, and so, man, God was was so faithful during that time to just like exactly like we're talking about to to share to help me to share burdens with people. And, you know, I used to joke about this, like, man, I'm surprised that my sister and I didn't grow up to be like serial killers or something like that. <laughs> um, but seriously, like without, without the people that were there for me to, to be able to share burdens with and, and help carry me through and pray for me and all that stuff, I'm confident I'd be m- much more messed up than I am. And those of you who know me, I'm a weird cookie. I know that, but at least I'm a somewhat normal human being. But man, <laughs> God is so, so kind in that. Um, so yeah, so it's always what I think about. It was just such a tangible way for me to think about uh, just feeling that love and comfort. Exactly what we're talking about of, of all these people very in a real way and not just in a, on a Sunday, oh, how are you doing this week? But very much so they were conduits of comfort for me and, and for my sister in our lives in that time. Um, and just a quick note on that, like those of you who know my story, God has moved mountains to bring transformation and restoration to my family in certain ways. Long way to go, of course, but things are so much better and, and God is good in, in that way. But yeah, still, that's what I would say is just that there was a season where things are really, really dark and God just revealed himself through people in a, in a really visible and tangible way. And that's who I am now because of it. So there you go. So cool. I, I actually think about that a lot just because, you know, we interact a lot and and uh, just see all that God's done in your life. And, and you're just like a trophy of his grace, dude. I need a lot of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. I, oh, I think good. I'm going to win good. all the time on one who receives the most grace from God because I need a lot of that. Yeah. And aren't you guys so glad that it's... He gives it away freely. You know, it's his throne is a throne of grace. All we have to do is ask. It's pretty amazing. Well, I'll share something, you know, it's basically just the, this was the hardest thing that I, that I've ever had to go through in life. And so I apologize if you've heard this story before, uh, you can just fast forward, you know, whatever until it's over. But, um, just a lot of you guys know that when our our um, our youngest child Cohen, when he was about a week old, he got uh, uh, an upper respiratory infection, uh, and he contracted this thing called RSV, which I'd never heard about. But it, apparently, it's this like virus that you know uh, basically constricts your airways, and uh, young kids are really susceptible to it. Like basically, it'd be it'd be like if. You, it's the same kind of virus that would give us a cold, but for like a, for like a a baby, you know, it can kill them. And so, you know, I just remember being, being home. Like, I think we had, we had people over cause he had just been born and we, you know, we were hanging out and, um, and I just remember him like looking really just pale and, uh, he wasn't wanting to eat and it just, his breathing was really labored and, um, and, you know, like <laughs> we were just trying to figure out what to do. And anyway, we ended up rushing him to the ER. And uh, a little bit after that, he got admitted to the hospital and um, and was basically fighting for his life for uh, a week. And we uh, we are we had two little ones at home and uh, it was just 
everything in our world just kind of got turned upside down. And man, it was just really hard and, 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 and dark days, uh, just questioning, you know, what's going to happen and why is this happening? And, um, yeah, just some, some, some deep moments of prayer with, you know, me and Emily and, and then, uh, you know, then I would have to go and like take care of the kids and, and it just, you know, we basically lived at the hospital for a week. Um, and it was really touch and go. And I just remember during that time, just a deluge of phone calls and texts and people just saying, we're praying for you guys. And how can we help people helped with the kids? You know, people helped bring food. Um, we had some people come and visit us and pray. And it just was, it was so uh, clearly evident that we were not going through this alone. You know what I mean? And, and I just think about what, you know, what was motivating those people? What was, what was driving those people? And what we talked about on Sunday, it's just so clear. Those people have, have been comforted in their life. They have gone through suffering in their life. And so they were ready um, and willing and able to, uh, to comfort us and to come alongside of us. And, you know, I just think about who were those people and, and they're, they're Jesus people, you know, they're, they're people that are following after Jesus, disciples of Christ. And, you know, that's who really showed up and made a difference for us. Um, and, and, you know, our prayers were answered and, and God healed him and, and we, we got to go home and, and, um, yeah, it was just this like momentous, like, uh, event for our family. And we, God used it to like help us level up, you know, like he, he stretched our faith and grew our capacity. And it was like, wow. I mean, we, we just saw him deliver us and our, our faith just grew. Like it was just, I think it was just this really important time for our, for our family, you know? Um, and so definitely saw his purpose in that. And then, um, there's a, there was a family from our church, uh, who during COVID, uh, right about when COVID started, uh, they, their newborn baby, uh, got the same thing, our RSV. And it was a really similar situation, um, where the child was, was in, was in the hospital fighting, you know, fighting and, and there was so much prayer going on and stuff. And, and I just remember like <laughs> when we heard the news of that, it, it brought Emily and I like back to that same place, you know? And so we, you know, I, and a couple weeks ago, we talked about the difference between like pity and empathy and compassion. Right. Um, and, and so it just, it really triggered all that stuff in us. And, and so as I kind of was listening on Sunday and reflecting back on that, um, you know, not that we were able to do a whole lot because, because of the virus and the pandemic and all the restrictions, we weren't able to do a bunch, but we were able to reach out to, to this family and, and just, um, empathize with them and, and show compassion to them by praying and checking in on them and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, definitely, uh, this, 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 uh, topic that we talked about in this passage we went through really brought that stuff up for me. Dan, that's so scary for you and Emily to go through. And, um, and even though I know this still, when you tell it, talk about it, I feel like it like makes me panicky thinking about it because I just know Colin and love the little booger. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you just shared that not only did God comfort you and show his faithfulness to you, but then because of that, like you're better equipped to love others and, and serve them in similar situations. And kind of the same thing with mine. Like I have such a heart now for people who have been through like abuse and hard things. And like, I feel like God's really gifted me to be able to empathize with those people now Cause you guys know, like there's just certain things that we can intellectually understand, but that doesn't mean that we can really sympathize and empathize. And sometimes when people are going through trauma and grief, they really need someone who they feel like has been there, you know, just like Heather, you said, we can view about Jesus. We need someone who's been there with us. And so for me, that's definitely one of the ways that I feel like because of that comfort, I can now be a conduit of that same comfort for others. Um, and I'm sure Heather for yours as well, same kind of thing with people who are dealing with loss of loved ones and, and all those kinds of things. 
Man, thank you guys. And again, those of you who are listening out there, maybe get vulnerable. Get a little crazy with someone that you know this week and just say, <laughs> hey, this is how God's worked in my life. And maybe he'll do something amazing. You never know. Yeah, how cool would it be that one of the one of the fruits fruits <laughs> one of the fruits of this series, this together series, how cool would it be if it, if there was this culture shift in our church where it's like, yeah, you know what? Like forget the like facade, forget the the fakeness, like I'm just going to like tell people really what's going on and 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 obviously not tell every single person, but but you know, what if there was this like culture in our church where it's like everyone had their circle, like their people, their their like team, you know, that was like, you could get totally real and vulnerable with and, and whatever it is you're struggling through, you know, get, give them the opportunity to, uh, to carry that burden with you. Um, maybe that's one of the things we can pray, pray about and work towards. Absolutely. Um, so I think maybe one, one thing we can end on is just some practical things that we can be doing as people to prepare for suffering. You know, Dan, you kind of touched on that, but you know, if this is what we know, we know that suffering is going to happen and that at the same time, comfort is going to happen. That's great. But then like, what can we be doing as Christians when we're not suffering to help towards that process, to be working effectively and proactively towards what that looks like? Um, And I'll just launch this here. You know, I think one thing that we forget to do, you know, if we're going to talk about how God's sovereignty is so important and his faithfulness is so important, then we can't be waiting for that time of suffering to be reminding ourselves of those things. You know, like there's an analogy that we've been talking about recently. And it's like, picture yourself that, you know, with a hundred percent certainty that at some point in the future, you're going to have to run like a 50 mile ultra marathon or something. You just know this. There's no chance you're not going to do it. You don't know when though, but you just know you're going to have to do it. It could be tomorrow or it could be a year from now. If that was true, if that was your reality, then you'd be a fool to not be spending your time now, at least to some degree, preparing for that ultra marathon. It'd be insanity for you to not do any kind of preparation, be working those muscles, be, be working that mental game so that when that marathon does come, you're ready and prepared. And so it is the same with us because it is a marathon to suffer. It is a marathon to, to go through trials. And if we're as Christians not working those spiritual muscles, then we're really putting ourselves at, at a disadvantage when that time comes. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Love it. I, how awful would it be if we did have to be ready to run a marathon and we could just get a call tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow you're running. It's the race day. No, but in all seriousness, I, I love that. And it's so true. We have to be. If we don't have a bank of truth stored up in us, you know, then we don't. We're gonna we're gonna be scrambling in those in those moments of of trials and um, suffering and yeah, and that's really what we need to to root ourselves in. And, and Jason mentioned that there's there's power in in remembering the character and the nature of God in those seasons. So that's really what we what we can find strength from when we're at the end of ourselves. Well, and I'll just go off of that. You know, there, the, the thing that came to mind when you asked that question, Sean is, is worship. And, and I know this is something I bring up a lot, but I think that most of the answers to our questions is, is worship. (laughs) You know, most of the issues that we have in life, most of the problems we have in life are their worship problems. We're, we are not like captivated and, and beholding the beauty of, 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 of God in the face of Christ. And so, you know, what, what are we doing when we worship and when we praise God, we're, we're, we're acknowledging his character, who he is, and we're thanking him for, for what he's done, right. For the works, the works of his hands. And I, I think we would be remiss in this conversation of suffering to not talk about Job, right? It's kind of the classic example of like a faithful man of God going through very difficult circumstances. And I, I love what Job says in, in Job chapter one, verse 21, you know, he gives, he takes, right? But blessed be the name of the Lord. And and let me just ask you guys a question. Do you think Job started blessing the Lord when when all this crap started happening in his life? Or do you think he was blessing the Lord and worshiping the Lord like way his whole life? Like, like, do you know, you know what I'm saying? So, so like sometimes we, I think, uh, just getting into like a habit and a lifestyle and this, like this, we're just, our life is pointed 
towards worship and towards God. Um, man, I don't think anything prepares us better than that to, to, to take on, uh, you know, whatever, come, come what may, whatever comes like, I'm going to, to continue to worship. And there's, um, you know, there's this powerful thing that Job says in, in verse 13. He's like, he's like, though you slay me talking to God, like though you, you, you slay me, I will hope in you. Um, though, though you, you take all these things from me, I'm going to bless your name though, though you like you ruin my life, <laughs> essentially, I'm still going to worship. And, and why is that? It's because he knows who God is. He knows his character. He's been reflecting on that. He knows what God's done. He, he, he understands how God has blessed him throughout his life. And he's remembering that. And so he, when, when the trial comes, he's able to just stay in that worship gear. If you know what I'm, if, if you kind of get what I'm saying, like he's already in that worship gear. And, um, there's a great song, um, that, uh, is by Shane and Shane. And it's, it's just called, uh, though you slay me. And maybe Sean, maybe we can link it in the, in the, um, show notes. And if you are going through a difficult time or you're, 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 you're trying to get into that gear to prepare for a difficult time, either way, it's just a powerful song just to, to sing and to just kind of like hide in your heart. Um, and I think if we, if we more and more grow as, as people of praise, as people of worship, uh, we're going to be much better equipped to take on, uh, the bumps in the road. Man, this, okay. Here's another analogy. We were really hitting the analogies today, but I, I love that, Dan. And really it's like, that's, that's what we need to do when we're suffering is worship. And that in many different ways, not just singing, but that's a huge way is that we sing to remind ourselves of the truths. It's almost like, and here comes the analogy, that worship is like the CPR for our choking during suffering, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's, what we, that's, the, that's the thing. Which reminds me of this analogy. You guys remember, we were talking about this. One time I gave a teaching in the gathering about suffering and I use this analogy of that, that these things, worshiping and declaring truths and re- reminding ourselves of who God is, of remembering his promises, that's the CPR for our suffering that we need to know. But what do you guys think? When's the best time to learn CPR? <laughs> is it while you're choking or is it before that time comes? Probably before. <laughs> Probably before. Gonna, I'll go with that too. Yeah. Exactly. Like so, so if we're going to say that, that reminding ourselves of and declaring God's promises is the CPR, then before that, we need to learn that. We need to know God's promises if we're going to then use those promises to get us through hard times. So I'm just going to list off. I pulled up my notes from way back then, and I'm just going to list off a bunch of verses you can go look up in in the Bible for different promises of God, all kinds of promises about his character, about what he's going to do, about us, yada, yada, yada. So just write them down if you care. Romans 11.33, Isaiah 40.28, Colossians 2.3, Jeremiah 29.11, Deuteronomy 31.8, Isaiah 43.2, Isaiah 40 verse 29, Romans 5, 1 through 5, that one's so good. Romans 8.28, Romans 8.31, Philippians 4.6, Proverbs 3.5, Psalm 34, 1 John 4. If you need more promises, then you are an overachiever, so you can email us and we'll get those to you. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe just pick one to focus on this week and commit it to memory, write it down somewhere, put, you know, put it on your mirror or your fridge or your car dashboard and just cling to it, man. And, and, and then let that, let that, that promise like inspire worship and, and let's be a people that just like worship our way through the trial, worship our way through the Valley. Amen. Love it. Uh, Dan and Heather, is there anything you want to leave people with anything to drive the point home? Well, I just, I think if you, if you're listening, um, and, and God is stirring something in you, like, man, I've been, I've been struggling in, in this arena and I, and I, I'm just kind of going at it alone. You know, like Jason talked about our individualistic culture and that a lot of times that's celebrated, you know, to say, oh, this is a self-made man or, or this person, you know, is just a grinder, like just kind of, you know, goes through life, doesn't need anybody, you know, Lone Ranger kind of thing. That's not God's design. And, you know, if, if you don't have a pattern of doing that in a, in a holistic way, maybe there's some areas of your life that you're, that you're walled off and no one else sees that. No one else helps you carry that burden. 
just pray and about about letting letting Christ like break that thing open. Um, and sometimes it just it just starts by finding a trusted person and just just asking can I, can can I share with you what's going on in my life? And I guarantee you will be you will be blessed if you do that. So, um, and if you need help finding that person, that trusted friend, reach out to us or, or reach out to someone in your small group or, or anyone on staff. We'd love to help you make a connection so that you can find someone to help you carry these burdens to, to, to suffer and comfort together. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, don't go it alone. You know, we we're here for you. Reach out to someone for prayer. Um, and something that just came to mind is that the Lord wants to be near to you. He delights when we come to him. So just for those who are in the midst of things that feel so hard, or sometimes we put a wall up, you know, between us and the Lord because it feels like too much um, or we're like too much, but God can handle it. He's big enough and he wants you to come to him with your questions, with your doubts, with your frustrations. I mean, when I was in the mid- like in the midst of that grief, it's just like, you know, be honest with him. Um, and uh, I'll end with an Elizabeth Elliot quote because she's so good. Um, and she says, I encourage you to make an offering of your sufferings. And it's just a good reminder to really take what the Lord has given us, the, the circumstance that you're in, and offer it back up to him and say, I don't know what to make of this, Lord, but would you help me? And he delights in that. He delights in our offerings, however small they may be. That's powerful. Boom. That's a mic drop moment right there. Don't drop the mic. They're expensive. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with both of you. And again, guys, we just, we want to communicate this more and more and more. That we want to be a church family, that it's okay to be vulnerable. That we're there for each other. We are conduits of comfort for one another. So don't be shy. We'd love to um, just come alongside you in that way. Again, as always, we're so glad that you you listened with us. We're so grateful that you see this time as, as valuable. And as always, we just pray and hope that through these things we're talking about, through the sovereignty and the faithfulness and the comfort and all these things of God, that you're able to just better behold him in, in your life now and when that marathon does come. Again, we love you guys. We're praying for you guys. And we will uh, tune in with you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.